All right, Jabo say good morning. An incredible. The problem is too much good Torah, too little time. That's that's really the problem. Baruch Hashem. All right, Jabo say let's uh, let's begin. So I want to begin by thanking our sponsors. I thank all of our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Nissan, Stephen Terizin for dedicating all the Shurim and Drushos this month in honor of the birth of their first grandson, Adin Svi Hachbaum, Benjamin and Elise Wall for dedicating all the Shurim and Drushos this month in honor of all those who helped to make this Shi'ur impossible, including Moshe Abramson and Jeremy Lassen, to thank Shimi and Batsheba Messing for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Drushos this month in honor of the last mitzvah of their daughter Lila, and to thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Shurim and Drushos this month in memory of Shmuel ben Zechariah, Leah Bas Avram, Cyril Bas Rabdov. Also to thank our Dafyomi sponsors for the Parak Arve Psachim, Maishin Chavi Abramson for dedicating the Parak in this Chosavara Fushlema for Daniel Meir Ben Chana and Said and Sima Haken in honor of the ability to return to Shir Baruch Hashem in a safe way. And we want to welcome Said back. Baruch Hashem, Said, you are a, you have always been a pillar of the shul and a pillar of this shir, and it is so incredibly wonderful to welcome you back in person. Baruch haba. Baruch haba. All right, I'll say with that, let us, let us begin. So today's daf is Kuftes Zayin, 116, and we are picking up Emir Hashem on Kuftes Vav Amabes, 115b, a lot to do today. We are picking up an Amr of Simi Bar Ashi, which is, which is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15 lines up from the bottom. Amr of Simi Bar Ashi. Simi Bar Ashi said as follows. So Simi Bar Ashi says that at the Seder, essentially what you do is you put a Seder plate in front of each person. Right? Every person gets their own matzah, every person gets their own marr, and every person gets their own charoses. Good, simple idea. Now, both say, now the truth is, as we mentioned before many times, this also makes sense. This also makes sense in terms of, in terms of how their meal was set up. Because remember, again, they would eat on smaller private tables, right? Or on a small private tables. So remember, Ashley says, everybody has their own stuff. Tosis points out that the reason for this is just to allow for consumption more immediately, right? So again, this way you make hamotzi, you make motzi matzah, everybody can eat immediately. You make alachilas maror, you could eat immediately. Everything could be done with a greater degree of immediacy. Fine. However, However, both said we know that at certain points in the seder, we move the table. We move the table. Now, the truth is we don't move the table. What we do is what? We remove the Seder plate. So what we, what we call removing the Seder plate, they called moving the table. So St. Bar Ashley says, as, as much as everyone has their own Seder plate, so to speak, but when we remove the Seder plate, when we remove the table, that's only before the Baal Haggadah, the one who is reciting the Haggadah. Rav Huna Amar, no, Kulu Omar Haggadah. Rav Huna says, not true. We don't give Matzah, Marah, and Charoses to every person. Rather, again, Matzah, Marah, Charoses is only placed in front of the person who is leading the Seder. The Hilchasa, Kirav Huna. And the Halacha is like Rav Huna. I will say that we all, that interestingly enough, there are different minhagim when it comes to this. Right? Some people do have the minog that like every, like, let's say you're having a seder with multiple mishpachos. So some do have a minog that every kind of, I'll call it like familial patriarch has their own seder plate. There are, there are minhagim like that, but the Gemara seems to indicate that the general minog is that there's one seder plate that is placed in front of the Baal HaSeder. 
Good. Lama Okra Nesa Shulchan. Why do we uproot the table? Which I will say again, remember, which for our purposes means why at certain intervals at the Seder do we remove the Seder plate? So Rabbi says, again, Rabbi said, children should ask. I will say, remember again, the entire essence of the Seder is the goal. It's a whole interesting idea with the Seder is that the Seder is supposed to be question-answer. That's, that's the whole idea. There is a feeling that ultimately, again, the Seder is more interactive when it's based on questioning as opposed to when it's based on a monologue. Right? So therefore, again, we do, as we've seen already, already a number of things that we do simply, again, that look, it's a departure from the norm in order to engender questions. Abai, this is great. Abai, Abai, Yosef, Kamei, Rabba. So Abai was one time sitting by Rabba for Seder. Listen to this. Chaza de so they saw the Seder had begun, and they saw that uh, the servants, right, the Shamas had taken, took away the table from in front of Rabbah. Amrlu, Sabai was surprised. Amrlu, Adai lo ka'achlinon, Asu. Sabai said, we didn't eat yet. <laughs> it's just interesting. You have to have to understand something. You see, we're used to these practices because they are, they are codified in halachic practice. But when these siddharam were happening, these practices were not codified. So can you imagine this scene? Abai is invited over for Seder at Rabba's house. Rabba's having the Seder. They're starting the Seder. And right at the beginning of the Seder, the Shabbos comes along. The, the, the butler comes along. The servant, the, the waiter comes along and takes away Rabba's table. And Abai says, what's going on over here? We haven't even eaten dinner yet. We haven't had anything to eat. I didn't even get my carapas. I didn't get my 15 potatoes, right? So I didn't even get anything yet. So what's happening over here? You're taking away the table? So Amalei Rava, Rasa Rava said, Patrasan mi lower manishtana. Right, exactly. We don't have to say manishtana now, right? Because the whole point of manishtana is it's choreographed questions, right? It's choreographed. So Rabba said that by, oh, excellent. Mission accomplished. You see something very important from the Skimara. Which is what? Which is what? That the Kedesh Yishalu is not just by children. Right? The, the whole idea of the Seder is we want, it's, it's most normal for the children to ask why. Why? Because children are generally more inquisitive by nature. One of the saddest things about reaching adulthood is that sometimes our curiosity goes away. Right? It, it's, it's an incredible thing, right? When you ever see a child, it's such like a baby, right? And they take hold of something. So what do they do? They study it. They look at it. They taste it, right? They bend it. Every, everything is fascinating, right? Every single thing is riveting. You could stare, they could stare and look at something. Adults, and, and that's, by the way, that's beautiful because that's the curiosity that pushes us to understand the world. Unfortunately, sometimes as we get older, we lose our curiosity a little bit, which, which is terrible, which is absolutely terrible, because it's curiosity that pushes us to growth. We kind of just are, yeah, whatever, that, 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 is, that is what it is. <laughs> that is what it is. So I'll say so again, but the idea of Kedeshish Latinokos is the children should ask, but the goal is that the adults should get involved in the dialogue as well. So Abaye says, hey, what's going on over here? Rabbi says, Shkoyach, mission accomplished, incredible. The Lord goes, I'm a Shmuel, Lechamoni. Matzah is called Lechem Oni. So both say the Gemara says, Lechem She'onin Alav Dvarim. Both say, interestingly enough, according to the first opinion, according to Shmuel, Lechem Oni is a bread that we speak a lot about, or bread over which much is spoken about, right? Matzah is a conversation piece. 
Right? That's what it is. Matzah sparks an incredible amount of conversation from the beginning of the Seder. Excuse me. Right, like the bread of affliction, which we'll get to, matzah is bread over which many words are said. That supports us. Lechem oni, lechem shonin alav devarim harbe. Davrak, another possibility is lechem oni, aniksiv. We'll say as much as we vocalize it as lechem oni, the bread of the, the oni, it's written as ani, which means poverty. So what does that mean? Ma ani shadako beprusa. Just like an ani, sometimes is so impoverished that he doesn't have anything whole. Top of kofta zayin. Afkan beprusa. So to over here by the Pesach Seder, we only utilize a piece of matzah. Rabbi remember again, what this is referring to is something very interesting, which is part of our Seder practice. We take three matzahs. Yachatz, we break the middle matzah, right? Take the larger half for avikomen. Then when it comes time for motzi matzah, what do we do? We make two brachas. The bracha of hamotzi and the bracha of alachilas matzah. Hamotzi we make holding all, I'll call it three, two and a half, right? Then we'll say, what do we do for motzi matzah? For motzi matzah, we let go of the bottom one, right? And we only make motzi matzah on the top whole one and the middle broken one. That's what it means. And why? Why, why do we do that? Because again, according to this, to satisfy this interpretation, that says lechem oni is ani, the bread of poverty. Therefore, the bread of poverty, the ani is so poor that even a matzah, he doesn't have a whole one. So when we make the birchas hamitzvah, remember again, because hamotzi is a birchas hanenin, a bracha of consumption. Motzi, uh, is a birchas hamitzvah, a bracha on the mitzvah of achilas matzah. When we make the Berchas HaMitzvah, we put down one of the whole ones and only use a half and a whole. Why the half? To symbolize the fact that Matzah is the bread of poverty and the poor person only has a piece. The other possibility is Madarko Shal Ani. What does an Ani do? Right? An Ani goes ahead. Madarko Shal Ani. Hu Masik Ishta Ofe. So, you know, when it comes to an Ani, what happens? So often he's going in and firing up the oven. And his wife is baking. So in other words, it's, it's a joint process to prepare bread. So to buy matzah, in the preparation of matzah, ultimately, again, he's firing up the oven and his wife is baking. Now, the truth is, by matzah, the reason why both the ani and his wife are involved is why? Because it has to happen faster, right? There, there, there can't be a delay. So they're both, so he's firing up the oven. So that way, as soon as the wife is finished kneading the dough, it's ready to go in. Good, beautiful. So both say two different interpretations, or really three different interpretations in Lechamoni. Quite beautiful. So remember again, the Mishnah said, you bring charoses to the table, even though there is no mitzvah of charoses. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. If there's no mitzvah of charoses, then why are you bringing it to the table? We saw this already in yesterday's daf. Because we'll say there's some type of, kapa literally means poison. But there's something harmful in the murder, in the murder, specifically again in lettuce. And so the charoses neutralizes whatever this poison is. Remember again, whether it's poison, whether it's a worm, two different opinions in, in the Rashbam. And then again, what we're also seeing is whether the charoses neutralizes it when you dip the murder into it, or maybe it's just the scent. The aroma of the charoses, which kills whatever is harmful in the, in the mar. 
By the way, this kappa issue is not just an issue with lettuce. He says, Literally, again, the cure to the, to the poison in, to the, or the medicine for the poison in lettuce is a radish. The medicine for the poison inside of a radish is a leek or a gourd. The medicine for the poison inside of a gourd or a leek is warm water. Apparently, again, so both sides. So the Gemara is just saying is apparently all of these vegetables have some type of harmful side effect, and therefore it's kidai to eat these other types of foods after you eat these vegetables. But then the Gemara says something very interesting. The truth is drinking warm water after you eat any of these items is incredibly helpful to neutralize the negative effects of this, what we'll call this kappa. But while you're looking for hot water to drink after eating this vegetable, you should say the following, kappa, 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 I know you, your seven daughters, and your eight daughters-in-law. Okay, so again, I will say, when you see things like this, this goes back to the idea that somehow Chazal felt that whatever the negative force, the kappa inside of these vegetables, was somehow related to shadim also, right? Whenever you see these incantations, these st- incantations wrong, these statements that you're supposed to say, those are always related somehow to shadim ruachra. Good. Rabbi Lazar Omer, mitzvah. So as Rabbi Lazar said, no, charosis is a mitzvah. Rabbi says a fascinating machlokis. Charosis is a mitzvah. My mitzvah. What, is, what does that mean, charosis is a mitzvah? So Rabbi Levi Omer, it's to remember the apple tree. So we'll say, what's, what's, the, what's the symbolism with the apple tree? So the Rashbam points out over here, this is truly beautiful. So we'll say, the Gemara Masech Sota brings down, that the Jewish women would go out into the fields under the apple trees to deliver their babies out of the sight of the Egyptians. So to remember the apple trees under which the Jewish women gave birth, are again, to save their babies from being thrown into the Nile. So we go ahead and we have the charoses. Rabbi Yochanan Yochanan says, no, it's to remember the mortar, to remember the mortar with which we constructed the bricks in order to build the Egyptian structures. Amra Abaye, Sabaye says, Hilchach, Therefore, Abayi says, in order to satisfy both opinions, we have to make the charos the, the as a bit tart. Kahuye means tart, and samuche means sweet. We make it a bit tart in order to remember the apples, right? Just like an apple is a bit tart. So again, we make it a bit tart in order to remember the fact that the women gave birth underneath the apple tree. And we make it thick, to remember, to remember the mortar. So the Gemara says, Tanya Kabasid Rabbi Yochanan, Bryce that supports Rabbi Yochanan, Tavlin Zecher Leteven, Charo says Zecher Letit. So I'll say, interestingly enough, that in the, in the, in the Charo says itself, you use Tavlin. Now I'll say, now the Rashbam points out, Tavlin, the idea, Tavlin means spices, but he says you use things like cinnamon and ginger, where when you grate, when you grate them, they become like a little bit like longer pieces, like straw. The idea is you, you use spices that look like straw inside of the charoses. Charoses, but the charoses itself is to remember the mortar. So we'll say apparently on sometime, I guess on Erev Pesach or before Pesach, literally means 
the merchants who would sit by their windows. So often merchants would sit by the entrance way of their stores and I guess hawk their wares. And what would they say? Bo lachem mitzvah. They would say, come and buy for yourself spices for the mitzvah. So then when they were advertising the spices for haroses, they would make this particular announcement. So I will say, so really fascinating. So first of all, a machlok is as to whether or not haroses is a mitzvah to begin with, right? So is haroses just a utilitarian item there to neutralize the negative effects of the maror? Or is haroses, is haroses an actual mitzvah itself to remember some element of the Egyptian experience. And if you say it's a mitzvah to remember some element of the Egyptian experience, what is it there to remember? Is it there to remember the fact that the Jewish woman gave birth under the apple trees? Or is it there to remember, again, some element of the shibut of the slavery over 210 years? So again, that's Machok. So we'll say, of course, if there's one thing you know about the Pesach Seder, it's that, amazingly enough, the same item could represent multiple things. And not only that, but the same item could what? Represent what? Totally opposite things. This, this is the incredible part in general, right? No greater example of this than matzah. Right, so matzah goes ahead and represents lechem only bread of affliction, while at the same time it also represents the bread of emancipation. So pretty, pretty incredible. But I'll also just point out, I'll just also point out, Tosis brings down over here. If you look at very quickly, if you look at Tosis, listen to this very interesting. Tosis adds in. By the way, there's one more symbolism with charoses, which is we add in wine. And why do we add in wine? Zechel Adam, to remember the blood. So again, whether that's the blood of the Jewish people that was spilled ultimately again over, over the course of, of Egyptian servitude or the Makkah of Dam or Makkah's Pachoros, either way, but wine serves a significant, a significant symbolism in it as well. So we'll say so again, I'm just pointing out even, even additional, additional, uh, additional, again, more entosis, but we'll have to go back there. So Gemara goes out, let's go. So Mishnah, we'll say here we go. Mazgulo Kosheni. Let's say we're up to the second cup. Very exciting. Mazgulo Kosheni, the Kan Haben Shoel, the Kan Haben Shoelov. And I will say it is here that the child, the son, asks his father, and if the son doesn't ask the question, if he doesn't know how to ask or what to ask, his father teaches him to ask, right? So the father could prod the questions, or the father could plant the questions. So I will say, in order to go ahead and ensure that this questioning occurs, Chazal built it into the Seder, right? We're nervous, what happens if somebody doesn't ask on their own? We'll proactively build it into the Seder. We'll say, here we go. Right, so why, why is this night different from all the nights? Beautiful. So we'll say so far so good. Right? So again, every other night we eat chametz and matzah. Tonight only matzah. Every other night we eat any vegetables. Tonight moror. To ask this question this year. So again, every other night, we eat meat however we want it prepared. However, if we want to eat it, roasted, we want to eat it, shaluk, we want to eat it boiled or cooked. But tonight, you're only allowed to eat roasted meat. Remember again, 
This goes back to yesterday's daf, where we saw that the shnei tavshilin, right? We have two cooked foods at the seder table, one for carbon pesach and one for and one for chagiga. Tosos pointed out that even chagiga, we use an egg, for example. So you have to roast the egg, right? Why? Because chagiga was also only consumed in a roasted fashion. Hence, you see Maran we're saying tonight all meat, all meat, which means carbon pesach and carbon chagiga, can only be eaten if roasted. Every other last question, every other night, every other night, we're not obligated to dip even once. Yet tonight, we have to dip twice. So I'll say those are the fear kashas, right? So again, our four questions of the Manishtano. Now we'll say now again, and in accordance with the, the understanding of the child, the father has to teach. And I'll say, I just want to point out something so incredibly important. To have a meaningful Seder requires immense preparation. Immense preparation. A person can't roll into the Seder, open up the Haggadah and say, okay, let's go. I mean, you can, you can, but generally the Bala Seder is not going to create an inspirational experience for all of those assembled. If a person has young children, a person has to know their children, will say, understand, the entire point of the Seder is to get your children involved. So therefore, again, what that means on a practical level is sometimes less is more. The Haggadah is there as a playbook. It's not there as a Seder where you have to daven up every single word. So sometimes that person has to understand, maybe I do a little bit more outside and a little less inside. There are certain things you have to do, which we'll discuss, but Lamaisa, the entire point of it, Lefi Daito Shal Ben Aviv Malamdo. So a person has to know their kid, a person has to know their children. What do I need to do in order to go ahead and, in order to go ahead and, um, make sure that my child is engaged. And if you don't have children at your Seder, and you have adults at your Seder, and you're leading the Seder, you'll also have an obligation. How do I make this engaging? How do I make, so if I have people around my table, and they're gonna be, they're gonna be out cold in 20 minutes, if we're just reading the Haggadah, don't read the Haggadah. You could do the entire Haggadah outside, but I want to point out, the Haggadah is there as a playbook. It's there, it's the teacher's manual. It's there to help you facilitate the mitzvah of Sipur. But the mitzvah is not to read every word of the Haggadah. The mitzvah is to recount the story and the mitzvah is to see yourself as if you left Mitzrayim. The mitzvah is to relive the experience. So you have to figure out how do you do that? But that requires incredible preparation. Incredible preparation. This is different. Well, okay, let's go back. So the Gemara says, And I both say there is a structure to the Seder. What's the structure? We begin with gnus, which literally means degradation, and we end with shabbat. We end with praise. So I both say what this means is the structure of the Seder is we start from a low point and we end with a high point. Vidoresh, me arami oved ovi, achigmos kola and we begin with the section of Arami Omid Avi, right, which is again about say about Lavan trying to destroy Yaakov Avinu, and we say that entire parish. And I will say now, interestingly enough, we know this because we've seen the Seder before. Fascinatingly enough, the Psukim that we go ahead and we use as the primary part of Magid are actually what we call in the Torah Mikra Bikurim. Interestingly enough, it's actually the section that you would recite when you bring first fruits to the Beis HaMikdash, which again, that section when you bring first fruits is a little bit of like a snapshot of Jewish history. It's the entirety of the Jewish experience, pretty much from Lavan, assuming that's what Arami Omer Avi means, although we'll discuss that there's a machlokis with that, Arami Omer Avi, until coming to Eretz Yisrael. So when you bring Bikurim, you bring first fruits, you have to recognize those fruits are the culmination 
of an entire destiny, an entire history. So on Leil HaSeder, I go through that snapshot of Jewish destiny and history as well. Turn around, Rabbi. So here we go. Turn around, Chacham Shalo. If uh, if my son is wise, so my son will ask me the questions on his own. And if right, Ishto Shoalto, person could have his wife ask him the question. I will say, even if a person is by himself, ultimately, again, he asks him, he asks himself the questions. So I will say, this is really quite fascinating. The obligation for the Seder to be in a question-answer format is a din in the Seder. So if, if your child could ask you, great. If not, your spouse could ask you. If you're by yourself, then you ask, I want to tell you something. Many of us have learned this Gemara, seen this Gemara many, many, many times. And last year was the first time, was the first time that we actually saw with our own eyes that this was a Lamaisi Gemara. Because many, many, many people made Seder by, the, by themselves. Literally by themselves. And ultimately, again, the idea of Shal Esatzmo, which is, in general, we'll say, an incredible yisod in life. That sometimes the secret to successful living is V'imlav, if you're by yourself, Shal Yatzmo. person always has to be asking themselves questions. In general, in life, I always have to question myself. Am I doing enough? Am I doing the right thing? Am I living life in the correct way? Am I going down the right kibbutz? Am I going down the right direction? Person always has to be shawaliatsmo, an incredible yisod. Even if you have two great scholars who are making seder together and they know everything, so I'll say, essentially what the Gemara is saying is, on Pesach night, Everyone asks Manishtana. Halavai, the paradigmatic example of it is if a person is blessed with a child who could ask, then of course have the child ask. But if not, even if you're by yourself, somebody's asking Manishtana because that is the din of Lel HaSeder to go through the Sipar Vitas Mitzrayim with questions and answers. So the Yimar goes back to Shemachal Alelos. So we'll say again, we asked every other night. We only dip once tonight. We did twice. So we'll say, interesting enough, so Rav was bothered by this because the, the way the question is framed is it sounds like every other night there's an obligation to dip once. You don't, you don't, you don't, you want to dip, dip. You don't want to dip, don't dip. Right? So there's no obligation to dip every night once. Every other night, there is no obligation to dip even once. Tonight, you have an obligation to dip twice. The Gemara says, still, we don't like that. We'll say, remember again, why do we dip? Why do we dip? So we'll say, so leaving, leaving aside, so at least one of the dippings we do, right? Remember, we dip twice. We already spoke about this. Where do we dip twice? Right? Karpas, moror. So at least by one of those dippings, at least by one of those dippings, it's Kedesh Yishalu. Right? It's just in order to go ahead and get the kids to ask. So we'll say, and even and according to some, both are just done in order to get the kids to ask. So the Gemara says, how can you call that an obligation? Right? In other words, I'm doing things that are just an aberration from the Rome in order to engender questions from the children. But why would you call that an obligation? This is what it means to say. Which I will say is the verbiage of the question as we have it today. We leave out any wording of obligation. 
Because the truth is, the nature of the dippings are there just to be an aberration from the norm and to engender questions. They're not really halachically motivated, right? So therefore, again, the lashon we use is every other night, we don't even dip twice, which means I don't even have to dip twice, but tonight, sorry, I don't have to dip once, but tonight I dip twice. Beautiful. So remember again, we begin with the genus, which means the degradation, the low parts of Jewish history, and we end with Shavach, we end with praise. My genus, we'll say fascinating machlokis, Rav and Shmuel, here we go. My big genus, Rav Amar, mitchila ov de'avodazara hayu avasenu. We'll say, what's the low point of Jewish history with which we begin? So Rav says that we are idol worshippers. Mitchila ov de'avodazara hayu avasenu. We'll say, who does that refer to? Mitchila ov de'avodazara hayu avasenu? Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu, the Rambam brings down, right? The Rambam brings down. Avram Avinu, Hilchos Avos Chachavim. Avram Avinu wasn't idol worshiper. That's what he. That's how he started his life. That was the family business. Mitchila of the Avodazara, how you Avosena? We were idol worshippers. Rav says that's how we begin the Haggadah. Shmuel says Avodim Hayinu. We were slaves. A reference to the Jews in Egypt. Rabbi Soloveitchik points out that their fundamental machlokis is what type of ginos, what type of degradation do we begin with? Spiritual degradation. Or physical degradation. Rav says we begin with spiritual degradation. Because that's the greatest gnos. That's the greatest gnos. Shmuel says no. Tonight is about physical degradation. And therefore, Avodim Hayinu Now remember again. Remember, we do them both. We do them both, right? Both of these are part of our Haggadah. Interestingly enough, we begin with Rav. Right, Avodim Hayinu and then only later on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, we begin, we begin with Shmuel, thank you. Avodim Hayinu and then we go into Mitchila of the Avodazara, Hayu Avosinu. So Lemaisa, we accept both opinions, build them into the Haggadah, but yet again, we go with Avodim Hayinu first because we accept Shmuel's premise. That the essence of tonight, of course, is Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Amr alay Rav Nachman Adaro Avdi. I will say this is great. So Nachman said to Daru, his servant, Avdo demafik mari v'cherus. If you have a servant whose master emancipated him. V'yayav lay kaspa v'dava. And he gave him gold and silver. Or silver and gold. My boy l'meimar alay. Tell me, what does such a slave have to say to his master? So Daru, the servant, said, Amr alay, ba'i la'aduye u'lishabuchei. Such a servant has to give thanks and to praise his master. So let's listen to this. Rav Nachman said, Amalei, patrasan milomar manishtana. We now we no longer have to say manishtana. So let's say, so interestingly enough, the, the fact, so meaning what Rav Nachman over here engages in is a question and answer with his servant. What does a servant do when his master emancipates him and gives him gold and silver? Daru the servant says, Ah, shiros is shishbachos. Rav Nachman says, Shkoyach, Pasach va'amar avadim hayinu. He went on his avadim. I just want to point out something amazing about these stories. Now, of course, as we mentioned before, these seder stories are happening before are happening before before the seder is organized, as we have today. Before there's a haggadah like we have. I will say, but I just want to point out a very important takeaway message. There has to be spontaneity in your Seder. The best Seder is one in which there is spontaneity. That's what you see happening over here. Right? So Rav Nachman turns to Daru. Daru, tell me, what would you do if I emancipated you today and gave you gold and silver? I mean, I'm not going to do that. But let me just say, what, 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 what would you do? What would you say? Let's say there, there's a spontaneity that's in it. You have to bring that spontaneity to your Seder. In the middle of a Seder, you can start with a niggin. You know, sometimes we, 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 we get 
so structured and so rigid, which, which is good in certain ways. But the whole essence of the Seder is a spiritual experience. So to, if you're a family that sings, to burst into a niggin in the middle and to do his odorous, you could even do a little recode if you'd like. Right? To go ahead and make it something lively and exciting and dynamic and engaging. That's what you see happening over here in the Gemara. So Mishnah goes weiter. Rabbi Gamliel, you're He's incredible to learn these circles. Rabbi Gamliel says, The Ripono Shal Olam loves us so much. If we get to do these, I will say in the seven and a half year cycle of Shas, we could have been anywhere. Mamish anywhere, right? They could have been like Zavim and Zavis all the time. Right? They will say, and that literally again, a week out of Pesach, Mamish, we are getting to do these sugyas, it's a matana. Rabbi Gamil Hayo Omar, Rabbi Gamil said, Kol Shalo Omar, Shlosha Dvarim Elu Bepesach, Lo Whoever did not say three things on Pesach has not fulfilled his obligation. I will say, now it's interesting to note that Rabbi Gamil says his obligation. The interesting shayla is his obligation of what? What? What obligation are you referring to? So we'll, we'll talk about this. Here are the three things. Pesach, Matzah, Umar. We'll say Pesach, Matzah, Umar. So Pesach, Hashum, Shepasach, HaMakom, Abatei, Avosim, Mitzrayim. Remember again, this is actually very interesting. Why is the carbon Pesach called Pesach? This is actually very interesting. Why is it called Pesach? Because remember again, when we were eating the carbon Pesach, what was HaKadosh Baruch Hu doing? He was skipping over our homes. This is actually very interesting. The entire, this is really feeling fascinating to, to think about. The entire identity of the Yomtiv, at least from a, from a naming perspective, is fundamentally anchored in Makas Pechoros, which is fascinating. So the entire, the eternal name of the Yomtiv as we know it, right? You know, it's interesting, Blavi Yitzhak Abreditchev brings down, we call it Pesach, we call it Pesach, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu often refers to it as Chagamatzos. So he says very beautifully, each party refers to it out of a statement of love for the other. We call it Pesach because Pesach represents what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for us. He skipped over our homes. HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls it Chag HaMatzos because that represents what we did for him. We left Egypt in such haste even without proper provisions. But amazingly enough, the entire identity of the Yom Tiv is anchored in the fact that HaKadosh Baruch we were sitting, eating lamb, eating shawarma, while HaKadosh Baruch was visiting Makkas Bechoros, the most devastating of all the plagues, upon the Egyptian homes. So he goes on, That's Pesach. Why do we eat Matzah? Because our ancestors were redeemed from Egypt. So we'll say again, we eat Matzah. This is also very interesting. Remember, Rabbi Gamil says, that the identity of matzah is rooted in the fact that we left Egypt with such haste that there was no time for the dough to rise. And I will say, as we mentioned before, this duality of matzah, yet a, a little few minutes beforehand, depending on how long your seder is, a few minutes beforehand, in halach ma'anya, we're calling matzah the bread of affliction. Nothing to do with redemption. The bread that we ate for 210 years of servitude. Next, marur al-shum shemeru ha-mitzvah mitzchaya avosim So we'll say, interestingly enough, out of all three of these things, marur kind of has the most straightforward identity, right? Marur is clearly there to go ahead and symbolize the bitterness of our servitude, incredible. So Bosei Rabbi Gamil says, and this is also incredibly important, because Rabbi Gamil says pretty much everything else in the Seder is there to help facilitate Sipur, is there to help facilitate 
the retelling or the re-experiencing of the, the Egyptian narrative. But Rabbi Gamliel says, there are three things which you need to do in order to satisfy your halachic obligations of the night. Pesach, Matzah, Mara. The Mishnah then goes right. In every generation, a person is obligated to see himself as if he left Egypt. This is also an incredible yisod, that the entire experience of the Seder is not simply commemorating a historical event, but rather it is commemorating a historical event in order to make it contemporarily relevant. That I have to be able to view myself as if I have left Mitzrayim. An incredible yisod. L'fichach, therefore, Nebose, what is it L'fichach? Therefore what? Therefore, if I view myself as if I have left Mitzrayim, Right? If somehow I take the historical narrative and make it contemporarily relevant, the result of that is, Lefichach, therefore, Anachnu, Chayovim Lahodos, Lahala, Lishabech, Lefar, Leromi, Lahadu, Levarech, Laali, Lekalis, Lemi, Sha'asa, Lavosenu, Velonu, Eskol, Anisaelu. So you say, this, this is the progression. If I'm truly able to take a historical narrative and make it my story and bring down contemporary relevance and somehow feel as if I am able to, I've left Mitzrayim, therefore, I'll say, it is natural. The next step is, I want to give thanks. I want to give thanks. I want to give thanks to the Yibam Shalom for what he did for me historically. And I want to give thanks to the Yibam Shalom for what he did for me contemporarily. Because tonight, I am experiencing Exodus as well. Tonight, I am experiencing my freedom for all the things that enslaved me. Tonight, I am having my own Yitzhak. I will say, you know, again, the Svarim well, Svar bring down. Oh, let's just keep all this. So let's say, the Gemara says as follows. And I want to give thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. L'misha ma'ilu. To thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu who did for me and for my ancestors. Ancestors, all these incredible nisim. Hotsiyon meavdos lecherus. He took us out from servitude to freedom. Miyagon lesimcha. Meeva liyomtov. Meafeila laargadol. Mishibu legula. I want to say so incredibly beautiful. I want to thank the Ribbon Shalom for everything he's done for me. You took me out from servitude to freedom. From from little yagon adversity to simcha. From morning to yamtiv. From darkness to to, to great light. Mishibud Lugu'ula from servitude to redemption, Venomar Lafan of Hallelujah. And as a result, I say to Akadish Baruchu, thank you and blessed be your name for all eternity, for all you have done for me. I will say, this is the essence of Yitzias Mitzrayim. To feel a sense of gratitude for everything that Ibono Shalom has done for me. Yitzias Mitzrayim was a big one, was a big one, right? Was a big one for what he did for our nation. But the avoda of the Lel HaSeder is to cultivate a sense of gratitude. What am I thankful for that the Ribono Shalom has done for me? And when you could go ahead and make that list, and I think when you begin to think it's a very long list, suddenly again you fulfill Chayev Adam Liros Es Atzmo Kilu Yatzeme Mitzrayim. Because we say we all have our Mitzrayim. Okay, now I'll tell you. Right, this far and bring down. Remember again, Mitzrayim, the Shoresh of Mitzrayim is Mina Meitzar. Mina Meitzar from the narrow straits. All of us have our narrow straits. Right, we all have our difficult circumstances. And how about we've all had periods where we've been delivered from our difficult circumstances. And if we haven't yet been delivered from our difficult circumstances, Yitzhiya Sinshayim reminds us that Geula will come. Might take a little longer, might take a little shorter, but Geula always comes. And the whole Yusur of Lela Seder is to cultivate that sense of gratitude. Ad Heichanu Omer. Remember again, one of the interesting things we do in the Pesach Seder is we divide up halal. 
right? We do part of halal before the Suda, before Shulchan Orech, and part of halal after Shulchan Orech. So, how, so what, where, do, where do you stop? How much of halal do you say before the meal? So Beishamai says... Is the end of the first paragraph of Halal. So according to Beishamai, all you say is the first paragraph of Halal. First wide line. Until the end of the second paragraph of Halal. Okay, well, again, we'll discuss what exactly the Machlokes is. And I will say, when you close out Magid, when you close out Magid, you end with a bracha of gula. Now the mission doesn't tell us what that bracha is. We'll see in the Gemara of Tarfon Omer. So Rosh Tarfon expounds on this a little bit, and he says, "Asher ga'alanu ve'ga'alas alvasinim mitzrayim v'lo hayachosim." So Rosh Tarfon said, "The bracha with which we end magid is what Rabbi Tarfon calls the bracha of Asher ga'alanu." Thank you, Hashem, who has redeemed us and redeemed our ancestors from Egypt. And Rabbi Tarfon ended the bracha like that. Or maybe Asher G'sham Sav Zivanu. Asher Ga'alanu V'ga'ala Sav Zivanu Mitzrayim. Period. Rabbi Kiva Omer. No, there's more to the bracha. So Rabbi Kiva agreed with Rabbi Tarfon, but he added on a little bit. So to Hashem, our God, the God of our fathers, should help us reach Appointed times, yamim tovim, right? That come to greet us. The shalom in peace, smechem bevinyan irecha, v'sasem ba'avoda secha, rejoicing with the rebuilding of your city, happy in your avoda, v'nocha shamin apsachem umin azvachim. Ad baruch atah Hashem ga'al yisah. Bosei, if it sounds familiar, incredibly enough, the bracha we say to this very day is the bracha of Rabbi Akiva. Bosei, how incredible is that? That when we sit at our seder, I will say the same bracha of Asher ga'alano that Rabbi Akiva, Zechitzat of the Kaddush Levracha, said at his seder. Bosei, I will just point out something very interesting. You know, at many a seder, at many a seder, you know, when you get to that phrase, I don't know if your seder is like mine. Generally, there's someone, you'll say, Merazvacham, and then, of course, this usually that one uncle. No, no, right? we see every year. So, so I just want to point out this is actually very shy for this year. The normal order of it is the Zavach refers to the carbon chagiga, Pesach refers to the carbon Pesach. Because then, in a normal year, first you eat your carbon chagiga and then you eat your carbon Pesach. The one time we switch the order is this year. When Seder falls out in Matzah Shabbos, the proper order is Because remember again, when Erev Pesach falls on Shabbos, we don't offer it up to Karben Chagiga. Right? You know, the, the Chagiga is not Docha Shabbos. Only the Pesach is Docha Shabbos. So in a regular year, it's Because first you're in the Chagiga, then the Pesach. When Shabbos, when Matzah Shabbos is the first seder. The proper order is Again, we keep Zvachim in there, even though generally, not generally, even though on Pes- when Pesach falls on Matzah Shabbos, there was no Karbah Chayiga. So you would eat your Pesach. That's pretty much what you have. Pesach would be your main meal. Beautiful. Says, you know, let's just go a little bit vital. So what's actually very interesting. Rava says, you have to say the phrase, and Hashem has taken us out from Egypt. So both say, it's not immediately clear where Rava is saying to insert that phrase. Is he saying that that goes into the bracha of Asher Ga'alanu? It goes somewhere else? Okay, we'll have to see. The point that Rav is making is, once again, a person must make a declarative statement that says, I was taken out. 
Meaning, as what, when once the Gemara says that a person is obligated to see themselves as if they left Mitzrayim, Rav is just adding in, by the way, you have to say, Va'osanu hotzim. you have to make that declarative statement that Hashem took us out. So said, we'll stop over here, we'll pick up Emirat Hashem with another statement of Rav tomorrow. Shkoyach.